Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 3rd of June 2013. I always get this out the way at the very beginning. I tell folk to make good use of the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. Lots of and lots of info on it where I go through the system that we're all born into, how it works, uh, who set it up, the big foundations that help control it with their thousands of think tanks that work on every aspect of society. And the future, of course, because after all, dominant minorities or elites at the top are always in charge of the future. And they make sure it's the future is for them, basically. And they can keep enough of us around, too, to make lots of profit for them and keep them up there. And that's how simple it really is. It's very, very simple indeed. But the fact is, as I say, they they set this organization up about 100 years ago with a big world plan, a globalist plan. They brought scientists on board. Uh, they brought uh, behaviorists on board, when they call, call uh, the different amalgamation neurologists and so on. Scientists involved in, in the study of the mind in order to control everyone on the planet. And that's the world we're all working towards today, to be controlled by the dominant minority. Then they feel very safe when no one can can argue with them or put out nasty uh, comments about what they're doing or whatever, and they'll have a nice, happy future. Very, very simple. So anyway, help, help yourself to the website. Remember, too, you bring me to you because I don't bring on advertisers as guests. I don't take money from advertisers. I don't sell any products except the, the books and discs that I have at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And I hope that you'll continue to buy them because I go through the history of chronology, the art that runs the world. And of course you have the media all involved in it because they're authorized, they're licensed to be out there. And of course if they didn't go along with it, they'd lose their licenses. But apart from that, two of the top reporters and the journalists and anchor people you see on television uh, are all members of the Council on Foreign Relations, a global organization, again, set up a long, long time ago to make sure they standardize our thoughts, our opinions, and everything. And it works awfully, awfully well on most people. So if you can buy the books and discs at cuttingthroughmedias.com, you can help me take along because it's very expensive keeping all these sites up, satellites and so on, two different servers, to, because one will pack up and I'm on the air sometimes. I'm going to try the other one. Sometimes they both pack in because I do get tampered with big time by authorities. And from US to Canada to buy the books and discs, you can always use personal checks still, or you can use international postal money orders from the US to Canada. You can send cash or use PayPal across the world. You've got Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal. Straight donations are really seriously welcome. Now, most folks I say, um, is they getting an inoculation? You, you find that those in medicine talk about an inoculation taking, a vaccination taking on the person, which means that, in other words, it's worked. Uh, at least they guess it works. I don't know for, for how long it will work and what the side effects will be. It doesn't matter as long as it works. They don't keep it kills you with something else uh, and actually giving it to you. But it's the same thing with your indoctrination or brainwashing. And you have to get children very young. In kindergarten, now that's why they went for kindergarten. Bertrand Russell, who set up this stage of, uh, of the indoctrination plan, he's long dead now, but he set up, along with many other globalists, 
this part of the system of indoctrinating children. So if we can get them very young, about the age of two or three, in kindergarten, then into school, uh, the indoctrination we give them will stay with them for life. And it absolutely, it actually makes you more susceptible to believing all future propaganda from the authorities. It's essential you get that at a young age, or it won't take. The later stuff won't take, just like the vaccination won't take. It won't work. And unfortunately, it works very, very well today because our whole reality is dished out to us. Uh, radio was the start of it, of course, big time. And then television came in, and that was the big, big winner for the authorities. We're given expert opinions on every subject and what we should believe. It's always experts, and people, unfortunately, tend to believe them. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and I've talked many times about the Royal Institute for International Affairs with its uh, sister organisation, the Council on Foreign Relations in Britain, both started up by what they call Anglophiles in a sense, or, and uh, they're not really Anglophiles in a way. They came into Britain a long time ago with lots of cash and took over London, the city of London, which is a big banking centre. Then they got branched. They actually helped form the British Empire, in fact. And it's interesting going through the history of even the Rothschilds, because the Rothschilds, when you look into the many of the the, the people who were put in charge of countries, uh, and on behalf of the Queen, basically, or the King, uh, became the the heads of those countries were Rothschilds themselves too. Lots of the families became uh, basically the Governor Generals of uh, India and other countries. So they helped themselves to all the trade there that uh, the ordinary British uh, trooper had gone in to, to steal, basically, because that's what it's all about, stealing other people's wealth. And uh, then they used the taxpayers from Britain to make railroads across the countries that they conquered so they could ship all the goods home to their private corporations, which they owned. And that's the history of the world. That's where it really, really is. It's well documented. And it's not conspiracy theory. And uh, you'll find it's always kind of been that way, and it still is today, in fact. But anyway, they formed the Royal Institute of International Affairs, a lot of these top uh, international bankers. And they, they came up with the idea, they also created the Royal, they all came on board with the Royal Society as well. So, so they could give it scientific uh, bent to it, it would sound more plausible, all the ideas that would float out to the public, to get them to go along with ideas. And it still works today, it hasn't changed at all, because we're taught to believe in experts, even if they're lying for political ends or personal gain, doesn't matter. It works awfully well. And when you have no knowledge or very little knowledge on a subject, you tend to, to believe what they tell you, especially if they're a good psychopath, because good, good psychopaths uh, smile a lot. They're, they're generally very pleasant, uh, even when they're, they're conquering countries or starving them to death. They're still terribly pleasant to the people who support them. Anyway, you find that they set up a, a plan to bring in the world under trading blocks, free trade blocks. And Karl Marx, of course, uh, before that belonging to an organization, they also set up in London, uh, called the Communist Party, uh, run by the banks too, by the way, because they always run both sides. You can't get change unless you have conflict going. So you've got to get a conflict going, you've got to get another side to oppose the original one that, that holds all the power. And then you guide the future, you see. So anyway, they decide to bring in uh, the trading blocks. Karl Marx mentioned them all in his day. And then out came the Royal Institute of International Affairs with the same idea, with the Milner Group and the Cecil Rhodes Foundation, along with Lord Rothschild. And they planned to make a Far Eastern Pacific Rim region 
because one day they drives China up. They make China a dominant player in the global manufacturing scene long before China basically um, go anywhere near of getting all the factories given to it by the West. Again, they're all of international affairs. They set up the World Trade Organization, which made sure they brought China in and then started shipping all the factories over to China. Plus, the West had for 20 years been trading engineers who went back home to China and uh, even before they had factories to work in. And it was done by Canada and the States and uh, Britain and other countries. So everything's planned way in advance. Now, what they do with these big think tanks that they also own like the RAND Corporation, is to do surveys on the future, constant surveys to make sure they always hold the power. That's what the elite always do, or they'd lose power naturally. And so they knew the effects would have on the US, Canada, and Britain, and other countries. Even before World War II started, uh, they had meetings about this, and they talked about it, what would happen if they rose China up to be a manufacturer, etc., under free trade, and then United Europe, which they said they would do after World War II. And World War II, in fact, was essential to bring in a United Europe with this new totalitarian parliament they have uh, that really is not democratic at all. And so they knew the fallout and on the Western world when all the factories would move out. There's lots and lots of working-class people that... Um, would simply be uh, out of jobs, and they couldn't retrain them all, obviously, because there wouldn't be enough work to put them into. You always find in the West they give you just enough jobs to keep a, a fair majority of you uh, employed, and then they, uh, when they, they ship the jobs off, they knew they'd have to create a massive welfare system to take care of the fallout, but never ever tell the public the truth as to what was, was happening. And when Britain uh, finished World War II, uh, they didn't, the people didn't know in Britain that all the papers had been signed to deindustrialize Britain over many years. Didn't know it. They weren't told this until uh, they actually set up the European Parliament. It was up and running. Then they came out with all their secret documents that had been under the Official Secrets Act for many, many years. So you find, too, if you read into Eisenhower's memoirs, he talked about uh, they had to amalgamate Europe. That was part of the deal. Uh, Truman said the same thing. FDR did before him. And they, uh, they definitely wanted this United Europe and the Pacific Rim region and eventually the United Americas too. And we have all these institutions undergoing, of course, and, and Canada and the States and Mexico are amalgamating under the threat now of anti-terrorism. It's a great thing that, that blankets everything anti-terrorism. Anyway, we find the con still goes on because when they gave the referendums to the people in most of the European countries, they all said no. And then they came back again, hammered them, and says, oh, you'll lose out in this wonderful utopian future that's going to make everybody wealthy, a better standard of living. Um, if you don't sign it, you'll be left behind, and no one will trade with you. You understand this whole free trade thing is really a blackmail form of system, because if you don't sign it, they will, in their trade blocks, will not do any trading with you at all. They'll bypass you completely. They won't buy anything from you. Complete blackmail. Anyway, we know after all these cons, uh, after many, many cons, that they leave most of the countries destitute and broke. And now they plundered the countries uh, with their agreements with the central bank that's set up in Europe to make sure that every country throws in billions of dollars or pounds or euros whenever they're told to, by order, by the way. You've got your 11 days to pay up, according to the treaty they've signed. And the central bankers are, are simply plundering uh, the nations, bring them down even lower, which gives them actually more power. Strange that when you get abused, you go to the abuser to help you get out of the mess.
So anyway, it works very well, and they understand all these ploys and techniques. As I say, the think tanks work on us all the time, and they've got a constant pulse that the people check because they've got all your Twitters and tweets and everything else as you're under total surveillance in this brave new world that we live in. And you find this article that came out last week. It says the EU exit would put US trade deal at risk, Britain has warned. Now, the whole idea that the Royal Institute of International Affairs said 100 years ago was that they'd first create a united Europe then the Pacific Rim region, and then the Americas. And then they would do a, a deal uh, to, to blend the, the, the North American Pact, Trade Pact, with the European Trade Pact and, and merge them together. So this is all part of it. It's a very old plan, and they never change their plans, these boys at the top. So if, if the EU pulled out now, the threat is now you'd lose all these billions of dollars, which is another big lie because you're not going to see a penny of it. It doesn't work that way at all. After all, are you, are you rich now in the Western world? Getting richer, getting wealthier, things better, are they? Now it says that um, the Obama administration warned British officials that if the UK leaves Europe, it will exclude itself from a US-EU trade and investment partnership. That's what they call them, investment partnerships, potentially worth hundreds of billions of pounds a year, and it was very unlikely that Washington would make a separate deal with Britain. Now that's just for the public consumption, understand. The public have to be goaded to go along with these things and accept uh, the costs of it all Because it'll cost a massive amount of money to the public It always does They don't see a penny as I say It's the big international corporations who get all the cash Anyway it says the warning comes in the wake of David Cameron's visit to Washington Which was primarily intended as a joint promotion Of the Transatlantic Trade and Investment Partnership You see that's what they call this next part The trade deal With Barack Obama with The front man of course which the Prime Minister said could bring £10 billion a year to the UK alone, but which is overshadowed by a cabinet rebellion back in London. The threat by Cameron's ministers to back a UK exit in a referendum in the EU raised doubts in Washington on whether Britain would still be part of the deal once it had been negotiated. More immediately, Obama administration officials are concerned the uncertainty over British, Britain's future would further complicate what was already a hard-selling Congress. Because, you see, there's, there's enough folk complaining to Congress. And the only time politicians listen at all or play a game, because they always play games, that's all they do, is, and it's generally compromise for their own self-benefit. But uh, they listen to enough people complaining in case they can't get elected again, so that they do something. So they're, they're, they're mentioning it in Congress, that, uh, that uh, and so, of course, Obama's bunch are hitting back at it. It has to go through this. Everything counts on it, you see. Since having Britain in the EU is going to strengthen the possibility that we succeed in a very difficult negotiation as it involves so many different interests and having Britain as a key player in pushing for this will be important, the senior US officials said. Now the fact is you have other countries outside the EU bloc with more say than they have in Britain uh, pushing for this uh, amalgamation of the whole of Europe and multiculturalism and diversity, they like to call it now. And of course, it's not just for Europe. Uh, you'll find that the Europe is letting them in from Africa and all over the place, and there simply is no work there, and they get added to the welfare rolls and so on and so on and so on. The countries are all bankrupt, and that's why they keep bailing each other out, and they can't deal with the massive welfare system they've already got. But again, this is supposedly under the guise of peace. That's how the communist side sold it that this will bring peace to the world, won't fight each other under nationalism, etc. That was the con that was used, and, and the fact is it's destroying everybody in, in, in this rush for total integration, as I say. 
and to eliminate all the cultures. But as I say, it's interesting too, there's a woman called uh, Spectre who came from New York and she's over in, in Sweden, for instance, where they're having riots with massive immigration there. And they're having riots in the streets in immigrant areas and burning cars and so on. And she said that uh, she, she, her and, her and her crew that she's working with and the country she's working with will definitely push for more and more immigration. And it's only only the chance that the, the European Union has is more and more integration. So it suits, it suits another country very, very well, obviously, that isn't even part of it. But as I say, there's a lot of things involved, and the, the people have never benefited from any of these trade deals whatsoever, the ordinary people. Never. In fact, they've lost all their jobs. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix. Now when someone's appointed into a, a political position, it's not because they're against something, it's because they're not even a true believer. They'll, they'll believe whatever they're told to believe because it, it's good for their pockets. Now that's the truth about politics, it's always been that way. And when they, they, they coupled the environment along with productivity and so on in all these different ministries across the world, then you, they put in the right guy for the job the guy who's uh, uh, going to push it to the limits and get what they want. Now, it says here uh, it says here that um, Mr. Davy in Britain attacked destructive and loudly clamoring skepticism about climate change and criticized parts of the media for the way they report the skepticism. So they're very unhappy that some people have just mentioned what's factual and, and that many other scientists are putting out, the fact that we're cooling, we're cooling for goodness sake, and we have been for years. Uh, it's cooling so much, in fact, it's still, you still have fires on in Canada here where I'm li- living here, and this is June, right? And um, tonight, for instance, it's going to go down into the 40s, or about 10 degrees centigrade, uh, and who knows how low it's really going to get, and if we're going to get much of a summer either. But anyway, it says the Minister's comments come as members of Parliament prepare to vote on a new legal target to cut carbon emission from Britain's power plants. Now, this started a long time ago, of course. And it was tied in the far left that at that time was really into overpopulation, overpopulation, got to cull off a lot of people. Now, obviously, for the, the, the foolish followers of these organizations, uh, that means that you're at the bottom of the totem pole and you'll do without heat and all the rest of it because this is one method of getting folk to die. And then Britain is working very well because they have a lot of people, pensioners and so on, on, on uh, fuel poverty, they call it, because you're given certificates for so much fuel per year, and to heat yourself in the winter. And if you can't heat yourself, you simply die in your home, which suits the banks. They grab the, they, they can grab their, their, their houses and so on and resell them. Etc. So happens a big con in this world, and people haven't a clue what's really, really happening. And we're, we're even given the arguments to argue with each other about. But the fact is, the far left at the time couldn't get the followings they wanted to, so they decided to bring in one of them. In fact, was multiculturalism. The the the, the party, the Labour Party of Britain, which really was a communist party and was well investigated by MI5 for being so. Peter Wright wrote, wrote a lot about it in his books. And he was ahead of MI5 for one point, one, one time. And um, you'd be surprised to say how they decided they could never get the British people to revolt. So they'd have to import them and give them special powers for minority groups and give them lots of airtime and so on and cover all the riots that they'd have. And that's just happening today. You can't get the riots starting, so you import them. 
It's happening across the world. And then that, even that wasn't going well enough. So they came up with the idea of, of uh, a, a crisis. But we need more, more energy, etc. more energy, different kind of energy. You know darn well that what they're bringing in will never supply the population with enough energy to keep enough folk alive. It won't happen, folks. So for, so for all you fools that are following this and clamoring because you're paid bosses, and by the way, all the leaders of, of these so-called top charities are incredible salaries by the foundations that, that fund them and direct them. Uh, you're going to be the ones who are going to be freezing in the dark eventually down the road. That's how stupid people are. And you've got to say it like it is, folks. Stop following people and think for yourselves. Now, we also know that we're going into, and we're also we're already in a brave new world. We're in an Orwellian world. It's a mixture of the two. I always said it would be a mixture of the two at this phase, and it is. And drones are to enter the public skies in 2015. And will it be safe, as the, as the, the, the lines here, will it be safe? And it says nothing stresses out drone enthusiasts more than reading in the news that some hobbyist decided to pilot a homeless remote-controlled helicopter drone over Alcatraz or interported in, in March, test a three-foot-wide drone near a jetliner, and so on. People like that make our lives more difficult, said Brandon Stark, a drone researcher at the University of California. And it says these, these flights are illegal, but people must keep drones within their line of sight under 400 feet and away from airports. What it is is a PR piece. And by the way, they did a big conference with the government and the new, the new drone industry and the internal drone industries to, to give them a, a new image and get the public to start thinking, oh, see, they give you the, the topics to think about and they give you the actual argument to argue about. You understand that? The fact is no one has the right to invade your privacy. They don't have it, folks. And you're being trained gradually with the internet and all the rest of it that you don't need privacy. Youngsters today will tell you that. Who needs privacy anyway? I'm doing nothing wrong. Well, guess what? You will be because you keep changing so many rules and laws that eventually you're going to break a whole bunch of them. You can't help it. That's what the Soviets had on their books. And then when they wanted to grab you, they'd pick you in one of the many thousands of things they had. Britain's the same. So is America. It's all happened. But you want drones as well? It's a huge industry. It also tells you the charlatans that get involved in it, the get-rich-quick guys, they're all taking these courses so they can hire them out to private detectives and all the rest of it, yada, 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 to invade your privacy even more. It's up to you, folks. It's up to you. Because what kind of personality and consciousness does a person have? None at all. None at all. They want to get rich quick, and they're cashing in. So that tells me all I need to know about them. Also, this article, too, but nanotechnology, it says... Modern technology is growing by leaps and bounds, and the corporate-controlled media extols its virtues but doesn't cover the known harm of its dark side. Most of the technology goes unchecked for human safety, and that's with everything. The following is a short synopsis of the the hazard set uh, several invisible technologies that are already an unreported and grave danger to all of us, it says. Including nanotechnology, including nanobiotechnology, brought in $2.13 billion to corporations in 2012, but consumers are never told the dangers they pose. Back with more on this after these messages. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and talking about nanotechnology. It's used in so many things now and the public are completely unaware of it. And it talks about, um, it goes into the basic building blocks of life, this article here. And it says this, this scale is incredibly small. We all know this stuff and so on, I'm sure. But it says that no one knows the exact number of products that are sold with the stuff in it. And it's unregulated and untested for either short or long-term dangers. Whenever you see that's not true. The big boys test everything. This would just never disclose it to the general population. Everything. So pro- and that goes for vaccinations too. Products using nanotechnology are found in cosmetics, including sunscreens and anti-aging creams, medicines, energy, electronics, clothes, for example, to make them very lightweight, or for socks to resist odors. And by the way, they're in shirts too, some men's shirts. And they found out that this stuff... It will wash off, the nan- all the nano stuff will, particles will wash off in the washing machines, even in laundrettes. And it stays there. You can't get rid of the darn stuff. It gets into everybody else's washing. It's also in paints and various coatings and scratch-resistant car bumpers. By the way, it's also in your food wrappers for a lot of your candies you buy and chocolates and so on. It doesn't tell you that, but it is. I've got all the articles from the association that monitors it for the industry itself. Anyway, it says this technology is also in the highly toxic side. Chemical aerosols such as nano-coated fibre aluminium, that's for the past 5-15 years, are poisoning us daily. The Air Force has admitted to using them. Documents have been published on the internet over many years, listing various patents for these covert and criminal programs. Most recently, a former Air Force industrial hygienist has confirmed his the stealth geoengineering program from first-hand knowledge. And I'll give you the links for that, too. It's a YouTube you can see it's his retired professor, Ron Epstein, formerly at San Francisco State University, compiled a list of websites linking nano-health dangers. And it says, even as the technology's health ramifications were barely understood, a 2003 report already noted that nanoparticles are showing up in the livers of research animals. By the way, you have natural ones too, I should mention, and they know this in biology, that literally move between the cells of all the organs and so on, and they'll cause harm. But these are artificial ones with made of different particles, and uh, they do have uh, definite accumulative effects and so on. This is perhaps piggyback on bacteria to enter the food chain. The commercial use of nanoscale carbon was likened to either the next best thing to slice bread or the next asbestos. Despite these revelations, there's no regulatory body and no plans for one dedicated to overseeing this potent and powerful invasive new technology. And it goes into the spraying and so on as well, and then into RFID chips. Because they've already mentioned years ago, in fact, from the, 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 as, they, the, as they came out with their wonderful nanotechnology that they claimed at that time they just discovered. And, and months later, they were patenting things, and, and it's already in things. In other words, they, they discovered it many, many years before that, folks, and tested it out on us, too, with our knowledge. But the thing is, they say they can reassemble themselves with a frequency wave from outside your body. They can make them reassemble themselves into chips, RFID chips. This is made of two-way radio antenna and some encasement or support, such as a small glass vial implanted under the skin. That can be this external ones you can put into. The origins of the technology go back to 1948, when the idea was first conceived. And it wasn't done in the 80s, like they told you. It was done back then. They are now found in ATM and credit cards and some enhanced driver's licenses, highway toll systems, and inventory tracking systems. But see, the, the other stuff too, the high-tech stuff, can be reassembled inside your body from outside sources. That's the big danger. Because you wouldn't see at all. And what happens when it does get into your brain and they do that? 
You don't need to inject you. Now, it's interesting too, and again, people knew this long before the public even knew of the World Trade Organization or who set it up, which was the Royal Institute of International Affairs, who set up the United Nations as well, and the World Bank and the Bank for International Settlements. Uh, they said uh, back in the 30s that eventually they could export stuff, even cars, to America. And here we are. It says that, um, well, starting with batteries, not a parts, the spread of Chinese businesses expected to result eventually in a sale of Chinese cars in the United States. And they're already moving into Detroit and taking over various uh, car manufacturing plants or setting them up and, and, and parts of cars, etc. So I'll put this article up tonight too for those who think they might get a job, which is rather doubtful. Now also, because I'll guarantee you, with see all with these trade organizations, when it's done through the WTO, it's done with many, many different catches, such as you must bring in so many ethnics to work in it, etc., 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 to get the mass migrations going. And the CDC pushes flu vaccine for all children in a new fear-mongering campaign. Because understand, too, vaccination in big pharma is big, incredibly big business. And they give lots of money to the politicians when they're campaigning and running for, for their different uh, positions. Uh, that's how the world runs. You, th- you think it's all for free? You think this gives you all these, these, all this cash for free? Of course not. They're payoffs. It's a foot in the door with stipulations attached. It's always been that way. And that's why government should have nothing to do, any real system that really was fair and honest, would have nothing to do with corporate donations. When you have them, you've got one system there, and it's not for the people. Never will be for the people. Common sense tells you that. Anyway, the CDC pushes for the, for the vaccine for all children, and it says the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, which is stacked, actually, just like the, the FDA is stacked with uh, ex-doctors and so on, uh, that have all worked, and, and uh, biologists have all worked for Big Pharma. And some of them actually leave and go back to Big Pharma after they've got the bills through to put the drugs through for those particular pharmas they've just pushed them through for. <laughs> anyway... It's pushing parents to vaccinate their children between the ages of 6 months and 19 years against the flu as the coming flu season is being touted as the worst year yet. It's always going to be the worst year yet, isn't it? Can you imagine a corporate, if you work for a corporate, suppose you had a small business, could you go along and get the government to, to put a 10-year advanced and guaranteeing they'll, they'll buy every product you make and give you the cash in advance? Well, that's what the big farmers doing with your governments, with these contracts for all the different vaccines they're churning out all the time. It's all a scam, incredible big business, and your government, if they ever thought about the people, they lost the idea a long, long time ago. It's utterly corrupt. All, they're all the same now, by the way. And it doesn't matter if you vote in another bunch, or left-wingers or whatever, whatever you think, you're, it's all the same. They run it all, you see. Also, too, Camp Bastion in Afghanistan was a camp that Britain tried to keep quiet for a long, long time. Uh, Britain's awfully good at concentration camps. They came out with them in the Boer War, uh, long before the Nazis came along with it. And so, and, and by the way, uh, the communists were way ahead of the Nazis. That's where the Nazis got their idea for concentration camps, was with the, was with the folk who uh, took over, by the way. Most of them came outside of Russia to, to, to dominate it. And... Um, and they set up the concentration camps as well. Anyway, they found Camp Bastion is actually a British concentration camp in Afghanistan. 
and it says, talks about being a black market and so on. It says, for a start, it counters a theory which was once commonly held in the UK military circles at the start of the war on terror when it became clear that Tony Blair was determined to follow George Bush into disaster because he was well paid, he's a good psychopath, and he really is a psychopath. He's every classical symptom of the psychopath. Uh, and that psychopaths are very dangerous people, folks. Very, very dangerous people. They can starve countries to death, they can bomb them to death, all, all for a personal gain, and they have no conscience at all. Anyway, it says there existed a secondary hope that the British military, with its experience in, for example, Northern Ireland, would act as a break on American excesses. It was a pipe dream, firstly because it does not account for the enduring and glorious and rather practiced British capacity for imperial excess, and secondly because the US military is a vastly bigger beast than our own and was always bound to pull our intentions and procedures out of shape. In truth, the UK military, which exists in a constant state of exchange and interface with Uncle Sam, even piloting US drone missions for them, became an extension of, an, of American military practice on foreign policy decades ago. And if recent UK governments are anything to go by, quite willingly so. But keeping up with the adventurous has a price. In Camp Bastion, a prison which Hammond claims was not a secret, despite the fact that nobody knew it existed, we may have happened upon a very British Guantanamo, and it goes on about this, this particular base and so on. It's really disgusting what's going on, but most folk don't care because we're getting we're getting immune to it. So we're becoming uh, normalised, and to, this is the new normal. Understand, and we become more degenerate in our thoughts as we accept degeneracy in others. That's how it works with us. I'll put this one up tonight too at cuttingthroughmatrix.com. I put all these links up, by the way. And also another one too to do with, uh, on a similar vein in fact, but it's to do with the amount of prisoners that the US have on ships or for, for extraordinary rendition. There's 27,000 of them. And they wonder why they're going to import terror down the road. A perpetual war on terror, they said, because generations are getting locked up. And if you have your country getting bombed and invaded by foreigners who then plunder your country for oil and everything else they can get out of it and lock up their children as well for years, you're creating terrorists of the future. That's what it does to people, folks. That's what it does to folk. And we'll all pay the price for it uh, forever because we'll have no freedoms or rights either. I understand those who rule the world and rule your countries have nothing in common with you. Nothing at all in common with you. Now, the Bilderberg meeting, I generally ignore because it's a red herring. It's, it steers people off into thinking this is the only thing that's going on. As the multi-billionaires and kings and queens and all the rest of them meet together to make their little deals. Now, you think they don't phone each other throughout the year and make the real deals? Uh, you think they don't meet each other and, and selectively in little groups throughout the year and make the big deals? Of course they do. But again, they, get, they love to give us conspiracies and people make hay on them, and so they dish them out there for, for the public to, to... It's interesting to me, actually, the G8's on at the same time. And when you look at them, they always have something on at the same time. That's why they have them. This one in Britain's been held, and at the same time in, in Ireland, they've got the G8 meeting going on. And what they do because it's in hopping distance, they just fly in different members there to, to tell them how, what's, what's happening, and they, they bring them into the, the Bilderberg meeting as well. 
and see if everything's going to plan. But anyway, taxpayers are likely to have to pay millions towards the cost of policing the secret of Bilderberg meeting. Well, we pay for all the things that elite do, don't we? Their private clubs and all the rest of it. And the clandestine meeting of the royalty, prime ministers and business chiefs, taking place in Britain for the first time since 1998 in Britain, is sparking fears of violence and disturbances by protesters. The, the organisers include Tory cabinet minister Ken Clark. Do not release a guest list. That's not true. I've got a guest list here. I'll put it up tonight too. But a, a roll call of luminaries are expected to descend on luxury Wat- Watford Hotel from June the 6th, forcing police to step up security. And never mind all the food and that they eat. And you know, this costs millions of dollars when they meet. G20 is even worse. But anyway, we'll pay for it all. We always pay for it all. You know. And what can people do? You know, what can you do? It's a private organisation, you see. And since the Queen owns everything, then uh, she owns the cops, the military, uh, the parliaments. Uh, you, there's nothing you can do about it. So I'll put this up tonight for those who want to go into the conspiracy part of it. But don't forget to say that the real meetings they have are in small groups throughout the year as they invite them for guests for their, to their big palatial homes and so on. And also the, the British police are to patrol the coastal waters for the G8 summit in Northern Ireland. I'll put that up as well. As, uh, as it shows you the police boats, all gun boats and all the rest of it, to make sure the peasants stay away. There'll be authorised peasants here too, though, uh, but they don't do any good. And then it's got, uh, again, the Bilderberg list. I'll, I'll put that up tonight. It's from Explosive Reports. And just got a, a, quite a detailed list. They don't ever have them all on it because they're, they're guests invited even while it's going on. As I say, they'll be from the G8 bringing in the, the major domos there to tell them what, if, if their plans of the G8 are going ahead too, as planned. Also too, last week too, we find that austerity strikes, uh, in, in Spain I shut the Lisbon subway because the folk, most folk don't like getting put, shoved into poverty. Losing their homes and everything else they ever worked for, uh, because of these uh, swine, basically, uh, that have always been in charge of banking, and an ultimate greed runs is their whole code. Nothing else, ultimate greed, uh, personal greed, and so on, and nothing will change until we stop it all. Nothing will change. This gets worse and worse, folks. You cannot have these private organisations running the world's monetary system. If you're going to bother having a government, which is just an idea in the first place, remember, if you really, if you really, really want a government, then you should do what they used to do, like Canada did in the, 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 before the last Great Depression and after it too. When people came from all over, it found out why Canada wasn't sinking the same way. And Canada created its own cash at that time. They printed it themselves. They sold it to the banks. That paid for the cost of all. But that couldn't last, could it? Because the private guys lobbied and lobbied and got their own guys into politics. And then they brought in the Bank of Canada, which just is a meeting place where the representatives from the government meet with international private bankers. Just like the rest. Also, America's greatest affliction, it says, the prostitute media. It's not a bad article, too, because all the media that's authorized, remember, uh, it is exactly that. It's, it's licensed and authorized to give you your thoughts. And it goes into, it says, when General Salenti branded the American media prostitutes, he got it right, the U.S. print and TV media, 
uh, and NPR, which is the whore for Washington and the corporations, reporting real news is a last concern. The prostitutes are a ministry of propaganda and cover-up. And it's true. That's all media in all countries, all authorized media. This is true of the entire Western media, a collection of bought and paid for whores. It seems that every day you witness a dozen or more examples. Take May 31st, for example. The prostitutes report the U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry and his German counterpart are working in, on Russia to convince that country to be a party to peace in Syria by not supplying the Syrian government, whose country has been invaded with arms. Kerry and Israelis especially don't want Russia to deliver the 300 anti-aircraft missile system to Syria. This is the extent of the prostitutes' report. The prostitutes made no intent, uh, mention of the fact that the invasion of Syria by al-Qaeda-affiliated radical Muslims was organized and equipped by and armed by Washington via its proxies in the region, such as Saudi Arabia and the Oil Emirates. Americans sufficiently stupid to rely on the prostitute media don't know that it's not Syrians who want to overthrow their government, but Washington, Israel, and radical Islamists who object to Syria's secular, non-confrontational government. And that's just the facts. We'll get all these reports all the time of the US and Britain and other countries to funding armament shipments now to, they took all the embargoes off and they're giving them shipments to the so-called rebels, most of who are from outside that country. That's the real world. We call this democracy. Democracy. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix. And also tonight I'll put up links to Monsanto, of course, that uses warfare techniques by sneaking the GM corn and wheat and so on to other countries amongst normal varieties as well, and exports to other countries. Japan's complained they've found it there, and they put up a ban on, on uh, imports from the US because of it. Asia countries too. I've got quite a few articles about different countries that are blocking it right now because it's, it's happening all over. This is a war technique that Monsanto is using. Business is war, understand that. And they've been doing it for years and years and years. I've, I've read them so many, so many articles very similar to it. And the U.S. government too, I think Obama told all his top diplomats to push Monsanto wherever they go across the world, all different diplomats. So they're getting heavily, heavily supported cash-wise by, from Monsanto, obviously, and the chemical industry they own as well. Also getting back to the nonsense to do with global warming which they're now trying to turn into climate change. Well, climate always changes. That's why you had weather forecasts. It was going to rain today or, or sunny today, sort of thing. But to understand everything is banking. All the big boys at the top are banking on a new economy from the general public, you know, by fleecing you all for carbon taxes. And it's going to make them incredibly even richer than, than they are at the moment. And that's bad enough. But it says Central Europe is hit by floods after days of rain. And of course, I've still got snow smelt, melting in some of the countries. Of course, that's part of the reason it's swelling all the rivers, etc. I'll put this one up tonight. And also a French ski resort just opened for the first skiing they've ever had in June for the first time in history because there's snow there. And, but mind remind us loving meetings right now as we speak about global warming and man-made global warming and so on. Because it's a must be. These must be's, they will never stop, you understand. They've all banked everything on it, and it's so lucrative for them at the top. 
Remember that Lord Rothschild put forth the bill at first and he said, if I can get these carbon taxes through, he says we'll put them through our personal private bank, the family bank in Switzerland. Now, he's not known, neither is any of his family, for, 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 for being so generous to, to people to help them. He's just not known for that at all. I don't think there's a gene in his body that's acclimatized to that. But so, so when he's behind something, you guarantee it's for their own personal benefit. And also this article too, to do with uh, Germany's to pay another 772 million euros actually in reparations to Holocaust survivors. This is astonishing because Germany has been paid, paid billions and billions since World War II. They do it every year. There's an extra one added on for the ones who run the Holocaust industry that Finkelstein talks about in his book. And, um, and he said himself, the money never gets to any of the victims at all. It's a big, big scam, actually, the money-making idea behind it. And even worse for Germany, it says German brewers fear fracking could damage the centuries-old beer-making industry. They're the only country in the world that doesn't use chemicals, and they have an actual policy to do with that, with making natural beer. And so they're scared about that getting contaminated. So they're getting a double whammy in Germany, where they can't even cry in their in their, un, their non-contaminated beer. And also this article, too, it says, um, everybody heard of the Gibson guitar raids. That uh, It's amazing, too, that when Obama's boys got in, just like Clinton's boys got in, they got all the different records of their opponents in the opposite parties. And those who contributed to the right-wing side all got uh, IRS investigating them. Now it's doing the same thing under Obama. It's just persecution. And that's why they went after Gibson, because Gibson actually contributes to the Conservative Party. That's come out in the news, too. Well, from Hamish, myself from Ontario, Canada, where I'll be putting the fire on in a minute because it's really cold. That's good night to me, your God, where your gods go with you. <laughs>